I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of the Stephen and Kevin Show, we talk about giving your reps a budget to wow clients, if it's possible to export contacts out of LinkedIn searches, and the optimal number of review meetings. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode eight of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Before we get started today, I want to share with you a little bit of research that we found. Um, this is the Oxford Dictionary's 2015 Word of the Year, and it's an emoji. And it's not just all emoji. It's not the word emoji, and it's not all emojis. It's actually the um, the crying emoji, the one that you're laughing so hard that you're crying. That's the word of the year. That is the word of the year. Really pretty lowering cool. their standards over there at Oxford. I think it's raising the game. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. And obviously they're getting some buzz out of this. I think it's, it's pretty neat. Here's some other words um, that were kind of on the short list. Ad blocker was one. Mm-hmm. Um, on fleek. So, hey, Stephen, that, that suit is on fleek. <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and sharing economy. I think those are all, I mean, all right. any of those could have been the word of the year, but an emoji was the word of the year. I mean, it changed, the way we communicate has absolutely changed. We're going next level here, uh, Kevin. We've started with the Bitmoji. It's, if you haven't uh, yeah. checked out our yeah. Bitmojis yet, perhaps we could post. Uh, Can we have a bit, a couple of Bitmojis bloop, pop bloop, up here? Bloop. We Steven, even got Matt Steven on turned board. me on to it. I turned you and Matt on to it. Yeah. And uh, you're going to uh, love slash hate these, but uh, they're a little bit of fun. Yeah, they are cool. Well, let's so. get down to serious business today, Kevin. We had three questions come in. And... This started yesterday with, uh, this didn't come in in writing, but we thought it was pertinent, so we thought we'd share it with all of you. Mm-hmm. I was on a call yesterday with uh, a manager at a luxury brands company, right? I'm not going to mention the company by name, but you'd all know of them. They oh, make high-end. The, like world's renowned, like com- huge company, right? Right. Shoes, gowns, suits. You know you it. it. That sort of thing, you right? Big, big company. And their question was around uh, managing sales reps. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think about financial advice, and we know most of you on this series here are in the world of financial services, and that's great. We're glad to have you. But occasionally, we'll get called out based on much of the work Matt Oxley has done uh, around the art of selling to the affluent. Occasionally, we'll get called out to other luxury brands who want to make an impact with their clientele. Yeah, and so they had read this book, right? The Art of Selling mm-hmm. to the Affluent, second edition. We should pop that up, too, and show it to you. But um, but what was the question, Steve? So the question was essentially, uh, upon reading the book, they knew the importance of spending money on relationship building. Mm -hmm. So instead of investing in high-end ad campaigns, which they're still going to do, they wanted to put some money back into the hands of the sales reps in terms of wowing their clients. Which is really smart. That's great. you know, And that's something Matt's written about for years of take some of this marketing money, Mm -hmm. put it in the hands of your reps so that they can then in turn individually wow clients, which we know stirs word of mouth far more so than a glamour ad uh, of any sort. Right. right? And your People magazine uh, of sorts, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, nevertheless, the the question was essentially, what should they do with this budget money? Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say for the sake of numbers, Kevin, because I didn't, I didn't ask the specific number. Shame on me. But let's say that number is mm, thousand bucks a year. What do you do with it? Thousand bucks a year to spend on your top clients, wowing them, creating buzz. Well, let's uh, say for the sake of financial advisors, let's you know, let's raise raise that to five thousand. Okay. Yeah, um, it's going to be a combination of things, right? And, and the the key with creating buzz and doing this is personalization. That's the key. So if it's a small, thoughtful gift, 
it needs to be personalized to that person. Um, if it's, and I was thinking about this, this retailer, obviously, you know, apparel industry, what about accessories to, to things that they've purchased, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that now, you know, you know, they're into fashion. That's the consumer here. Um, they're into that. So why not give them a little accessory that, that, that will grow, go great with whatever they purchased. Well, I think the, the important piece of it here is that, um, yeah, I like that idea, but I also am torn because it may be perceived as this is a freebie, right? Oh, okay. No, no I can different see that. than in, in the financial world. Yeah. You know, gosh, we have all kinds of trinkets, golf balls, mm. golf towels, uh, you know, cups. Uh, I won't show you the, the cup we're using. I don't want to promote any one company, but we're drinking out of a coffee cup right now from one of these brands, right? Yeah, but, but no. if it was like the golf you know, uh, cover, you know, the head cover that was for your particular university that you you graduated from. Then well, exactly that's right. when it's a different, and it's not that we don't appreciate the coffee yeah. cup or the golf balls. Everybody loves the golf balls. It's just that you don't get as much credit for those because people think you get them free from your firm. You hand them out, even though that's not the case for most of you. Do they pay for these swag? Things. Is that swag? I am sure in some yeah. circles they do. Yeah. Um, so part of it is you want it to see, be seen as personalized, thoughtful by you. So if mm-hmm. I'm a sales rep for one of these luxury brands, or if I'm a financial professional, I'm thinking about things that that go next level in terms of getting personal. So if I'm making, you know, if you're one of my top clients and you come into the store or come into your office, as it may be for all of you, I want to know life events, kids, grandkids, okay. sports teams, how are they doing? And trying to leverage some of that. So, you know, just getting back on point with the question here, if you've got that money, let's think about using it in a systematic way. It's not like, okay, well, we can go out and wow for that, um, you know, for that five grand, we can really wow a few clients. No, it's like once a week, we're going to send a small gift. Once uh, every month, we're going to take a client and their kid out to dinner. What, you know, whatever it might be right, for you. Or, or a ball game or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but, but I like what you're saying there about understanding what's going on in their life and the importance of knowing these life events. But you can't send that through a survey, right? Because then it's just not as personalized. And I could see a big company, big brand like this saying, oh, we're going to survey all of our clients and then we're going to – those reps are going to wow them based on the, the results. It just doesn't have the same feel as – I asked you what's going on in your life. What's coming up in the next six months, Stephen, that you're looking forward to? And you tell oh, me that. You no, know, not even that canned. Sorry to pick on your question there. But yeah. if I feel like if you're asking me that, I'm like, well, where did he learn this question? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, hey, exactly. Stephen, what's going on? What yep. do you guys have coming up? You see in family for the holidays, right? right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, you might have, uh, many of you might have heard me share this in a, in a speech, but we had a memorable moment for me and one of my coaching clients a while back. And uh, he'd come out of one of our uh, affluent marketing symposiums. Uh, he was jazzed up about the process, wanted to, to make an impact with clients. And he said, you know, I'm going to one-up you guys. And instead of, you know, uh, asking individually about client interest and have, I'm going to send out a survey, right? right? Don't talk me out of it. I know well, you feel against this. One-upping us. Yeah, yeah one-up. So he sends it out uh, by mail, by the way. They had to fill it out and mail it back to him. How many, which, how many clients do you think that went to? <laughs> well, it went to all of his clients, which if I recall was like 500. Wow. And next coaching call, I ask him, how many did you get in return? Yeah, four. So I'm thinking That's as a coach. That's really low. I'm yeah. not going to say, told you so. You know, that was a dumb move. I simply asked. What are you going to do next? I'm going to send them all again. They're going to fill this thing out, right? Some people never learn. But ideally, conversationally, you're picking up a lot of tidbits that you can then put into a a systematic program for wowing people. Yeah. And that's how the wow factor happens. Good question. Yeah, very good. Thank you. And uh, thanks for all those tuning in on Periscope. You're seeing the the behind-the-scenes version of this and uh, you saw some of the prep and not a whole lot of prep actually but you saw a little bit of it okay kevin moving on uh this is from prentice par and that's uh from twitter at prentice par 
On LinkedIn, is there a way to export contacts that you derive from a find alumni search? Hashtag ask Stephen and Kevin. No. That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. No, no. Great question. And and first off, that find alumni search, that tells us that this advisor is forward thinking, that they're thinking about how can I find alumni commonalities on LinkedIn. Um, it's a great pivot table, um, the alumni search. Find those people. Start reaching out to them. I'm sure he's doing some prospecting there. But yeah, you're going to get a lot of results and you cannot export that to a CSV file or something like that. Um, you, d- you just can't do it. So, Kevin, um, I've heard you talk a lot about that, and I, uh, the alumni search in general, and I, and I love that concept. Um, you, w- would you share with everybody kind of, like why that's useful for a financial professional? Yeah, well, it's useful in the sense that you have that commonality, so you're going to be bringing up that affinity when you're trying to reach out. Also, it's the only way that you could somewhat filter by age on LinkedIn. So looking at graduation dates, that's the only way that you could do that, and, and it could be really helpful. Now, one little tip here for Prentice uh, is that what you could do as you're running the search, you're getting the results, you're, you're applying different filters, just right-click on each person, open a new tab, right-click, open a new tab, because I, I bet what's happening is he's clicking on a person and he's losing his entire, you know, all those filters and everything mm-hmm. he's done in that alumni search, open a new tab, open a new tab, um, and then see if you actually want to pursue that particular person. Just a little helpful tip there. Very nice. And finally, this question comes from Meredith Moore at Financial Girl. How many reviews for top clients? I was doing quarterly, but with growth, no bandwidth left. Hashtag ask Stephen Kevin. I'll let you take that one first, Stephen. Well, uh, you know, I had somebody ask me that the other day at a new advisor training workshop we were doing, and they said, all right, uh, so I'm pulling out all the stops right now, all right? If you're a new client of mine, I don't have many. I am going to wow your socks off, right? Yeah. You want a review once a week? You got it, buddy. And the question was basically, is that sustainable? What should I be doing? And are they going to be put off at, you know, 10 years from now with, knock on wood, the growth of my business, then I'm not able to do that anymore? Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe that's what Meredith has run into here um, in the sense of bandwidth. And by the um, way, you know the advice I gave him. Hey, let's grow first, and then we'll worry about it, buddy. You know, right? Let's, right. let's bring in some new clients yeah. and make that an issue. That's right. Um, um, because we can get so wrapped up in the practice management things. Now, however, Meredith has a very successful business, really good at what she mm-hmm. does. Um, and I think it's, it's a really a great question. We pulled up some research on this. Um, and what we found in terms of preferred number of review meetings, we had two segments, 250,000 to 999,000, and then a million plus. And the number, you know, in terms of frequency, number one for the 250 to 999,000 was two meetings mm-hmm. per year, followed right behind one meeting per year. That's, their, that's what they're saying their preferred is. Looking at the million plus, number one was two meetings mm-hmm. per year um, and followed right behind four meetings per year. So with the four, uh, you know, we might be thinking uh, it, it might work with the million dollar plus clients. But it just comes down to the client too. But this is interesting to think about, um, looking at the research and thinking that, well, maybe if I have clients who have 250000 to up to a million, maybe I should be thinking about two meetings per year with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and maybe you need to reduce some of those. Yeah. yeah. All I can think of as you're talking about this, Kevin, is what a perfect question this would be for Family Feud. Couldn't you see them chiming in with, we surveyed 100 people on the street and we asked them <laughs> how many review meetings you'd like. Oh, what a well, good show. Well, I would get everyone, right? I mean, I'm just saying one, two, well, three, four, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, what, what comes out of this question a lot of times when we review it, there's always, um, you know, you, you can rank order and say that, you know, the vast majority prefer or, you know, the number one ranked is two meetings per year or three meetings per year. But one, one of the things that we always come back thinking is, 
what a wide variety of, of uh, responses. responses you get. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some people want one, some people want two, some people want three. So part of it is, you know, to your question, Meredith, I know you've worked plenty over the years about working on your service model and making sure it's finely tuned and, uh, and that your bigger, more complex clients get all the attention they deserve mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And, and we love the idea of starting with a, a service model that's simpler than maybe what some might recommend. Right. We like maybe two models. If you have to go to three models. You're you talking know, about so the people be, who have like A, B, C, D, and E clients. And then well, they even like worse, and, you know, I mean, and far be it for me. If I, you know, if, if my brain power were strong enough, I'd love to remember what a B plus silver preferred advantage client <laughs> Oh, gets. no. You sound uh, like the airlines, right? <laughs> but I can't remember all that. Right. So, you know, we like to keep it simple. You know, platinum and gold, A and B, mm-hmm. maybe a C. But um, but starting from that, but knowing that some of your better clients, they have preferences and, and engaging them early in the process to say, you know, hey, we're going to get together periodically to review your investments. Typically, we start with three meetings per year. That's where we like to start. But when I'm open to your suggestions on how frequently you'd like to get together, mm-hmm. well, obviously we're going to be working in the background, making sure that we're helping you protect your wealth and that we're looking for growth opportunities. But how often officially do you want to get together and review? So you're really getting their input on it because everyone is different. Now, here, here's let's go a little deeper with Meredith's question. And let's say that you have, you're, you're, you're really structured. Meredith's really structured. She does four meetings a year. She tries to reach out to them. She tries to make them happen. There's quarterly meetings. But now she says, you know what? With this segment... You just gave me two segments, platinum gold. With my gold group, I'm going to do two review meetings per year. How do you go back to that client and tell them that now we're, we're going down to two meetings per year? Yeah, I love your thinking. Yeah. But I think it's also, um, yeah, for many of you out there, you're not building a practice from scratch where you're saying, well, let's create service models for people that will go in there. Exactly. They're real life people who have been getting three meetings a year yeah. before or, or certain things like that. And I think you can go back and engage them in conversation around it the same way you would a new client to say that, you know, as you've noticed for the last few years, we've met, you know, four times a year. And for many of our clients, you're busy professionals, you own businesses, you're physicians, you're attorneys. It's a lot of getting together. Right. So, you know, for many of them, they've wanted to scale back to, let's say, three in-person meetings, doing them once each trimester, uh, but sprinkling in two additional phone calls in there just mm. to check in and make sure everything's uh, on track and if there's anything on your mind financially. Yeah, and if anything, if anything pops up, we'll absolutely be reaching out to you proactively. But I'm, I'm trying, and that's off the cuff. No, no, no. I, I think it was scripting, great. But, but I, something like I think you, know, you nailed the language. Something to to position it in a way that's not a negative for them. Yeah, for and many, for of, many our, of you. Yeah, it's a benefit almost for many mm-hmm. of our clients. They they felt like you know this is almost too much you know in terms of meetings, so that they actually prefer two meetings per year. Is that something that you're open to? If you want to keep four, that's fine. But if you're open to two. Yeah, yeah, and and also thinking about not to get too far off track here because this is a topic for another podcast, but uh, you know the the technology that's available now for doing live meeting type mm, type things. Mm. You don't have to have an official studio type setup. Uh, it could be you at your desk, but having a webinar solution that includes video. Now mm. I was talking with a guy about this uh, two days ago, a financial advisor. I said, "Do you do you have video conference ability?" And he goes. Yeah, but it turned out a little uh, little weird. One time I used it, it was me. They could see me, and that's fine, but I could see them as well, and I could tell it made them really uncomfortable. Really? <laughs> he said, they gave me feedback afterwards that, you know, they prefer there not may to be do occasional that? calls where they oh. want to be sitting there in their pajamas and uh, and not have to get ready and put on makeup for me. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. So anyway, my, my brief takeaway from that was, you know, it can be one way. They can see you. You don't have to be in their house. Yeah, but that technology is becoming more popular, and don't think it's just the next gen clients, the millennials in your client base that are into that stuff. I mean, there there are clients that if you brought it up to them as a solution, uh, 
They're all about it. They don't yeah, want to have to drive like over it. there and see you sometimes. I think so, too. So, uh, anyway, thanks for joining us today. If you have a question, use hashtag AskStevenAndKevin. You can use it on Twitter. You can use it on Instagram. We'd love to feature one of your questions on the show. We just finished up episode eight. Uh, we're hoping to make it to 100. Wow, that was I set the bar pretty high. Uh, yeah, and you said that with real conviction. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, 100, but, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, stay tuned. Check us out on podcast if you haven't already. We're on iTunes. Uh, very fancy, you know, iTunes. Uh, but we're there. Check us out. Thanks for joining us, everybody.